I used to roll back woods, rip the dawns, good wherever he goes. One million and one flows, depositing dough. Set you down with the mafia family, let me know. Yeah, number one, I don't do number two. They watching how I do, because I'm really hood. Red hoodie, gold jewelry, too groovy, might lose me. Don't approach with the foolery, keep the two on me, homie. You don't know me, rip the dawn, the one and only. Yo, what's going on? It's your main man, Rick the Dawn. Listen, this episode is brought to you by Limits to Mercy, my brand new album. Why you think I'm in all black? Stop playing. I do want to point out that this episode is a special episode, and it is brought to you by Limits to Mercy, which you can get right now at rickthedawn.com. Hey! And by the way, you can get this dope hoodie from brokenheartshirts.com, my other company. Go check it out and uh rock with your man listen this is a very special episode very special episode not because of my album which is available right now rickthedawn.com if you if you not listen i don't know let's can i take a break let me just take a moment i gotta get some things off my off my stomach this album is the best album i've ever heard and let me clarify when i say that maybe what i mean to say is it's the most complete album i've ever heard usually an album is good from like you know it's like four Four songs is good. Seven songs is good. This whole album is good from front to back, top to bottom. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful work of art. And if you have not heard it, this is not rap music. Limits to Mercy is so much more than a rap album. But enough of that. This episode, I want to talk about accepting Jesus. I want to talk about my story. This episode, I want to discuss my journey from start to where I am now with my life and faith and believing in Jesus and accepting Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. It's something that I don't talk about a lot. If you have been just introduced to me, you're going to see some music, you're going to see some art, you're going to see a lot of different things. So I want to take a moment to just show you what's at the core of all these things that you see, because it's not me. It is what's inside of me. It is the God that I serve that's allowing that to happen. And I'm not about to preach to you. I'm about to tell you some real life stories. This can't be done in one episode. So I'm going to go ahead and just preface it by saying this will probably probably be between one and three episodes. That's why I'm just giving you a heads up. Accepting Jesus part one. Growing up, I had a crazy upbringing, Detroit, Michigan. I lived with my mother. My father was always in my life. Always. I could always pick up my phone, call my father. He ain't never left me for a day in my life. However, from both sides, I saw a lot of stuff. One of the things I was not exposed to was, I, I would say Christ or religion. One day out of the clear blue sky, my mother say, Richie, you and Kiki, put y'all some clothes on. I'm probably about the age of 11 or 12. So she said, put some clothes on, we're going to church. Now, to that point, I hadn't really been to church before. I've been to church maybe four times with random people. I probably went once with my grandma, one with my auntie, maybe twice. And then as far as that, I, th I think that's it. I think I had went to church like three or four times ever. We went to this church called Greater Grace in Detroit, Michigan. It was this huge mega church. We pulled up to the church. I'm looking up like, what is, what is this? My mom said, y'all can go over there into that building. And we, I'm going to go over here into the main sanctuary. So this separate building was this place where, you know, while the younger people can go into. So I go over there and, you know, I, I walk into the classroom with some kids in there having fun. You know, we, we, we it's kind of good fun. It's not bad fun. And, you know, we go home. After about an hour or so, we, we drive home. The next week, Sunday, 
she says it again. I thought it was more of like an experiment. Like, okay, we just gonna go in here, have some fun, blah, blah, blah. We went back again. And I was cool with it because it was some girls in that little room I was talking about. And I was like, you know, at that age, I just I just want to be, I, I love being around females. So I was like, cool, all right, bet. Because I was experimenting when it came to females. Like, what do they like? When you like 11 years old, you just trying to figure out what girls like because you just want to be whatever girls like, I want to be it so I could be that guy. I'm just experimenting. I thought this was great practice because I take what I learned in all aspects when it came to females and I would apply it to school because school was like the battleground everybody was out for yourself for themselves that was that we just got in a routine and going one day my mother say all right we're going to a different church no idea why this happened we went from a church called greater grace to a church called rhema celebration it was around the corner it was a small storefront church we start going to the church she you know as, as you become a member of a church you start hanging out with the people from the church so my mom started hanging out with this lady named celebrity her name was celebrity and celebrity had a son named joe so sometimes my mom will let me and joe hang out because you know the christian friends christian kids let's keep my son around positive that's what my mother always try to do keep me in positive spaces she put me in a school called malcolm x academy because you know, they would you know basically prime me to be a strong black Black male she put me she was always thinking ahead when it came to that kind of thing so joe was cool he passed the test when it came to is he safe one day after after church service we sit in the car i'm waiting for my mom, my mom to come out and i don't know what she's doing but she's taking forever i'm like i'm just sitting in the car with celebrity and joe and i don't know how we got to this subject but joe said hey mama tell richie i ain't lying and she was like about what tell richie that if you don't get saved you go to hell the celebrity said no, that's true. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, hold up, slow down, 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 pump your brakes. Now remember, I'm like 10 out of 11 years old. So I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what I know at that time. All I know is WWF. That's it. And PS PS1 was it Super Nintendo? I don't even know what was out. But wait, so I'm like, I'm gonna go to hell if I don't get saved. What is first off, what is being saved? So they start to break everything down. They said, and this is me paraphrasing, they said, God had a son named Jesus who came to earth, died for our sins, and rose three three days later and defeated death for our sins. Now, let me just clarify something real quick. I was one of the biggest sinners on the planet. Listen, when it came to sins, I don't know. I just was a bad kid. Just was doing, I was a good kid with mischievous ideas and behaviors straight point blank no lie no just terrible just always doing something bad man so when they said that i already knew where i was going i'm like there is no way first off even if that wasn't the case just me going to stand before god just as is i probably would have got sent to hell. like hey he bad i know everything he did in private we good but wait a minute even if i change my behavior someday i could still go to hell because i'm not saved that's what they said hearing that at the age of nine years old just completely rocked my it just threw me off i had to start asking questions because this is the first time i had heard of any of this stuff i'm like so let me get this straight if i don't get saved which i don't even know what being saved means then i go to hell no matter what i do i can i can save the poor i can Give all my, I can give all my money away to the, to the, to the sick and I can still go to hell. It was like, yes, you have to be saved through Jesus Christ. Outside of that, you're going to hell. I don't know if they were being mischievous because I was so like, I was so green, just not having any idea of anything. Cause sometimes it's like, yeah, if you don't do this, you, it's like, like, oh, he believe it. Let's keep, let's keep going. I didn't know at the time. I'm just like, 
And they were not like pulling no punches. I think if they would have pulled some punches, I would have been able to stomach it. Like, all right, whatever, you know, I'll get saved when I. They wasn't pulling no punches. This is exactly how it went. They was like, yeah, if you don't get saved, you go to hell. And it don't really matter what you do, you're gonna go to hell. You, you can be a good person, bad person. You gotta get saved through Jesus. If you don't get saved through Jesus, you gotta go to hell. And basically, you're gonna burn forever. I'm like, imagine being 10 years old and hearing that. <laughs> so what happened was a chain of events but this is the crazy part when they was talking to me something inside of me was reacting like oh my god like it's like it's like you know if you ever took some charges and put it on like a car battery and then you turn the ignition and then just jump up like oh i was waiting to hear that it's like something inside of me just started like running like i knew that they weren't lying inside i'm not speaking for nobody else but me because I, I don't like speaking for nobody else but i knew they were not lying. And it was because it was something in me that was responding. It could have been fear, just straight fear. But it felt like more than that. It felt like when, it felt like Kevin McAllister felt when he woke up and home alone and realized that his people wasn't there. That's what it felt like. It's like you afraid, but being afraid is like, okay. But it was like being afraid and being behind. That's what it felt like. It was like, it, it felt like being in a mall and then you look up and your mother or your father is not there. That's what it felt like. Like you're afraid, like you could be afraid on a roller coaster, but you know you're going to be safe. You can be afraid when you see a spider, but you know if you get over here, you stuck. I was afraid and I was behind, which means I knew, like I was terrified of the whole hell concept, but I was even more terrified that I had not been told about this and I had not done it. So it was just like, oh my gosh. I was like, why did nobody tell me this? I done heard about Michael Jordan. I done heard about Tupac. I done heard about everything. What? Nobody thought, no, nobody thought to tell me this. That if, if I don't get saved, I'm gonna go to hell. Nobody thought this was a good discussion to have, right? That's how I felt. <laughs> what happened was my mom got in the car finally after talking to the deacon, the songstress, the pastor, the pastor's kids, the pastors. After she talked to all of them, she finally got in the car with celebrity me and Joe. And I said, Mom. They talking about, I think they might have, they might have got out the car and got in their own car. I don't know what happened. But somehow, some way, I end up asking my mother, like, so ma, they were saying that if I don't get saved, that I will go to hell. And I don't know, I don't know what she said, but she probably, I think she agreed, uh, confirmed it to some extent. I immediately start asking her all these questions. Like, okay, so what is what is hell? Like, is it what I think it is? She's like, it's a place where people burn for not following. I'm paraphrasing. And I said, okay, then what is being saved? She has said, she said, is accepting Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. And I said, what I got to, okay, like, I got to call somebody? Is it a number? Is it like a letter I got to write to Santa Claus? Like, I'm, I'm like 9, 10, 11 years old. What do I got to do to get, like, I need to be, I need this jacket. I need this life insurance. <laughs> like, whatever it takes for me to get this, I need it. So I'm like, Ma, what do I need? To get saved, she said, you have to talk to the pastor or ask the pastor, something like that. She threw in this other wrinkle. They was just like, like it wasn't like I had already had enough. By that point, I had already heard enough. But she threw in a whole nother wrinkle as if my my my, my, my preteen brain hadn't had enough. She said, but you, all, you must also be baptized. I was like, what is that? What does baptized mean? She said, it's when you are dumped in water and when you come back up, all your sins are washed away. Boy, you wanna, I said, why nobody tell me that? Why nobody tell me that? I mean, I done heard all kinds of stories about auntie taking your purse, about your mama smacking Uncle Kenny when he came in the house late. I done heard all the stories about you and Auntie Monica always fighting. You ain't never think it was a good idea to tell me about getting baptized, that I can wash all my sins away. You didn't think that was something you want to tell me? I mean, that should have probably been the first thing we talked about. Instead of you telling me I used to party, she just told me to get saved. I'm just saying, mama. Immediately, immediately, 
I said, I want, I need the whole package. I'm going to talk to the pastor. I want to be saved and I want to be baptized. And my mother was like, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you, you, you're taking that. That's a big step. That's a big step. I'm like, that's a, that's a step. That's not a big step. I'm not talking about graduating. This sounds like something I need. This sounds like something I need more than my arms. This ain't no step for me. This is everything to me. I need to get this. Like, can we go into church right now? Is pastor leaving? She talked to pastor for me and said, Pastor Richie wanted to blah, blah, blah. And at that time, she had just met my stepfather. They they were married. She was like, so listen, Richie, you and your stepdad. So they had to be married. It's, it's all coming back to me. So she said, okay, Richie, you and your stepfather will get baptized on whatever date it was. She said, but next Sunday, you can get saved by the pastor. And I was like, so if I get saved, am I good? She said, you want to get both. Boy, I said, let me get both of them. Let me get both of them. Maybe that's what they should be doing for like the whole vaccine thing. Hey, tell people if they don't get vaccinated, they're gonna go to hell. <laughs> that was a joke. That next Sunday, I went to the to the to the to the uh to the front of the church when it was the altar call after every service. They call you up there like, hey, is there anybody in here who know they're not doing the right thing and they're living a life of sin and you want to be saved, you want to accept Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior? If so, come down the aisle. Now the thing that was messed up was every Sunday she did the exact same thing, and I will always go up there. So in my little young brain, I'm thinking I'm already good. Like I go up there all the time and I always fall out when it's when the pastor push my head down. So I'm good. I stay on the floor for like two minutes with my eyes closed, talking to myself. So I was all right, cool. But she was like, well, this is a special altar call. This is different from the normal thing. I went up to the uh, to the to the pastor after um, the altar call and the pastor said, what do you what do you need prayer for? And I said, I want to be saved. And boy, the hairs jumped up on my arms. I heard some angels in the background singing. You know what I'm saying? And, she, and, and then I looked at the pastor's face and her whole face turned bright red and yellow, like just full of joy. Like, I am so glad to hear a young man say that. I just didn't think that you was going to say that. So she prayed for me. It was a different kind of prayer. It was the whole church just putting their hands on me, like just everybody speaking in tongues and all kind of things. Everybody was talking over me, praying over me. My mother was crying. It was like a whole, it was different. It was spiritual. You know, spiritual is different from physical. So this was a spiritual thing. You know, spiritual. Spiritual is when you hear something and you like something inside of you just starts to rumble. So I got saved that day. When it was all when it was done, I felt different. I felt like a different person. Only the people who have gotten saved can understand what I'm talking about. If you've never been saved, then what I'm saying to you sounds completely crazy, I'm sure. But if you've been saved before, then what I'm saying to you is resonating. And you're probably having flashbacks. When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, as the head of my life, when that happened, we call it saved. When I said Jesus is who I'm following for the rest of my days on this planet, that is, I felt it was amazing. It was a beautiful feeling. It's, it felt like I had a friend that always had my back. I still feel that way to this day. Fast forward some time, not sure how long, it's baptism day. Me and my stepfather, we put on our clothes, we get on our, our little sandals, whatever it was. For me, I'm like, cool, I feel like another day, because he always wears sandals and random clothes, he's cheap. We go to church, and it's like a special day, it's like 8 o'clock p.m. I go into that water, I come out. Now, here's the thing before I talk about that, just, just a second, let me backtrack just a second. The thing about baptism that was so amazing to me was that my mom explained it to me. She said that once you go down in that water and you come up, you will be a new person. I said, what? Like, this is all just throwing me off. She said, if you, when you go into that water, the old you dies, and when you come back up, you're born again. I can never, let me tell you exactly what I thought, because I still hear the words echoing in my mind. If I'm born again, I get a fresh start. I promise you, God, I ain't going to ever sin again. <laughs> so, like, so when I went to that water and I came up, I felt like a new person. I don't, I took, I, I've took, taken many a baths. 
Many a baths in my life. Many a showers. Not many. I was like nine years old. I think I probably went six days without showering sometimes. But I've taken many a baths in my life before that point. None of them. I've been in swimming pools and all that. None of them felt like that. None of them felt like that. If you've never been baptized, I'm talking gibberish right now. But if you've been baptized, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When I went into that water and I came out that water, I felt like a new person. I did. And I was a terrible person at that time. I was like... Yo, I'm a whole new person. All the bad things I did in my life have been washed away. They gone. And I felt it. I felt clean. I felt like a, a USB drive that had just got got cleaned off. No, no files. I felt clean. I was born again. I was a born again Christian at that. That was my day. I got my certificate. I went home and probably sinned within the next 30 minutes. <laughs> probably looking at a little Playboy magazine or something. I mean, but I, I felt and, and so 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 then my mom was like Richie because I was explaining to her, Mom, I ain't gonna ever sin again. She's like Richie, you're a human being. You're gonna make mistakes. When you make mistakes, you must repent. And I said, What does repent mean? That means you're apologizing to God and you're saying to God you will not do it again. And I was like, So repent. That's that's what I, that's so that's the that's another. See, I'm learning. So that's another word. I re, when I repent, that means I, I apologize to God. It's like a secret, like a little two way message, secret little word to God that I can say, and He'll like forget what I did. Yes, He will. He will forgive you. I was like, bet. <laughs> I think I had. I felt like I had a black car. Like, all right, sin here. I repent. Sin over here. Hey, I repent, God. Sin over here. Sin over there. Sin over there. Look at her. Look at that. Sin. Sin. Swipe. Swipe. Repent. 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 That's what it was like. When you're 10 years old and somebody tell you that and then it kind of got broken down over the years like when you repent you're saying you're not going to do it again so you don't want to you don't want to be disrespectful you don't want to overuse or push god's mercies to the to the limits if you're not trying to get better then it's not really effective and i was like oh all right well that's good to know <laughs> so uh from that point forward I was saved. I had my life insurance, number one. I was baptized. I had my life insurance, number two. I knew how to repent. And then they threw another wrinkle at me. I was like, what now? What do I What do I need to get now? Can I, get, can I be done with all these things? She said, there's one more thing that you got to do. You have to learn to speak in the spirit. I said, what does that mean? Come on, come on. I'm like, that's like, I thought we were done. You have to learn how to talk in tongues. I said, what is that? She said, you know, when you in church and you hear Brother Jay and uh, Sister Maddie talking in that, that tongue that you don't quite understand? I was like, yeah. She said, that's a gift from God and you have to get it. I was like, but how do I get it? I don't understand how to get it. I don't even know what they're saying. She said, it's a gift from God. You have to ask for it. You have to go through the proper steps to attain it. I said, so what do I do? She said, the next time you go to church, go up to the front. Once class is over, I mean, uh, once church is over, tell the pastor that you want the Holy Ghost. <sighs> tell the pastor that you want the Holy Ghost. <sighs> you want the Holy Ghost. You want the ability to speak in tongues, to speak in, 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 in spiritual tongue. So I was like, I definitely want the Holy Ghost. Like, you should have told me about that when you were telling me about being saved in the baptism. The Holy Ghost? So needless to say, at the end of one of the ser sermons or the, the services, I went to the front and I asked the pastor. She said, what you up here? What you want, little boy? I said, pastor, I want to get the Holy Ghost. She was like, <gasps> turn yellow and red again. She's like, I am just so impressed with you, Richie. Once again, whole church, all around me, praying for me. And they all speaking in tongues. And they like, and, they, and, they, and, and I, I remember like past like pushing on me, like trying to get me to 
speak something. I'm like, she like, speak, speak. She telling me to talk. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? She like, speak, speak. Like, in, like she's giving me the, the, the cue to speak in tongues. I'm like, but I don't know how to do it. I ain't, I ain't never even practiced it. I never did it. I don't know what it is. So she's like, speak it, speak it. She like, by faith, by faith. She, she, she's spouting out all these Bible scriptures. And she's just like, speak it, speak it. Just going off on me. And I just, I try, I said, something like that. And it just came out just like that. It was like, it was like a miracle. I had never spoken in tongues before. I had never even tried. I closed my eyes. I started speaking. Just random, random. Didn't try. Didn't attempt. Never, never practiced. I didn't say, well, I'm about to get the Holy Ghost. Let me practice in the mirror. Nothing. Never. I started speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. You know, just speaking, right? I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. And then when I said the first couple lines, the first couple lines, the whole church erupted. Like, oh, you know, just going off. Like, hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Just going off. They said, keep doing it. Keep doing it. It was almost like I was having a baby. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's like, keep pushing. Keep pushing. We can see the head. That's what it felt like. And when it was all said and done, I was driving back home with my mom. She like, Richie, now you have a spiritual gift. And she started to break down what the tongue was and why it was so important. She said, this is your way to talk to God in a secret manner that is so secret that not even you know what you're saying to God or not even you know what you're praying about. Because a lot of times when we pray, we're praying for superficial things. Lord, I pray for that BMW. Lord, I want them. I want that million dollars. Make me rich, Lord. Make that Lemons to Mercy album sell a, a million copies, Lord Jesus. Please, please. You know, the, the, the God don't care about no, I don't know what he care about, but I would imagine that Lemons to Mercy is probably very low on his list of cares. So when you speak in tongues, that's your, your spirit talking to God. You know, it's almost like the spirit that he put inside you to guide you through life and stay out of harm's way. When you speak in tongues, that spirit speaks on your behalf to God. And y'all, and that's a real conversation, not this superficial, Lord, I want some, I want a McDonald's burger when I come home, Lord, can you please have my mama stop a McDonald's on the way home? It ain't one of those. It was like a spiritual connection type of language. I remember distinctively, the pastor or my mother wanted to saying continue to speak in tongues because if you stop speaking in tongues you'll lose it so you you speak in tongues as much as you possibly can i would go home and i would speak in tongues it was my way of talking to god without really knowing i knew something i knew it was a miracle because i never i'm just gonna be very transparent here i never practiced this thing i never knew about I, so when i did it that was my confirmation so when people always say well, well god is a fairy tale now, i'm like listen listen I've been through some things that I can't explain. You're gonna have a hard time telling me that God is fake and this, all of that. You're gonna have a really hard time doing that. You wanna know why? Because I went through the steps to find him. That's the problem. It's so all the people that saying God ain't real ain't never went through nothing. None of the prerequisites that you have to go through to find them. I don't know. Having gone through those steps, we're talking about being saved, baptism, Holy Ghost, repenting, and all these different things, and feeling the feelings that you get when you do those things. A person telling you God is not real, it just sounds really ignorant because you know what you felt. You know what you saw. It's like, I'm so sorry that y'all can't not you the listener but this is what i always say in my mind when i hear people talk about god in a way that's like oh he's not real blah, blah. i'm like i be in my mind like i'm so sorry that you would you just haven't been taught you, you don't know any better you're ignorant and when i say ignorant i don't mean that derogatorily i'm saying you're ignorant of the steps you don't understand what you must do and even if i told you what you must do you might be so ignorant that you wouldn't even try them because you don't you don't know anybody yeah you haven't been i had to be 
You remember, this whole story started out of fear. I, I, I found Jesus and accepted Jesus initially because of being afraid, not wanting to go to hell. The way I saw it was, I would just hedge my bets. Hey, I'm gonna get saved just in case because I would hate to go to that side not saved and be wrong. Me living my life talking about God is not real. Jesus is not real. Then get over there and find out he is. It's too late to fix it. My thing was at that moment, at the age of nine, I was smart enough to con 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 conjure this up. I said, at the very worst, I'll get saved for nothing. I'll get on that side and it'll just be whatever it's going to be and I don't have to worry about nothing. But if, if I get over there and it's a Jesus over there, I'm going to be insured. I'm going to be solid. That's how I was in the beginning. Now, having matured past that point and seeing all the things that I've seen in my life and seeing all the things that Jesus has done in my life and all the miracles I've seen, now it's so much different. And that's what a lot of people are missing. They're missing the relationship with God. They even pray for God or with God or to God, but they're missing the relationship every day, talking to God every single day, talking to God, not just in prayer, but just talking to him. And it might seem strange, but it ain't. It's not. I talk to I talk to God every day, and not always in prayer either. Sometimes I talk to Him in my head. Sometimes I talk to Him out loud. It's been plenty of times my wife walk in on me like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm just talking to God, like just talking to Him. He tells me what to do and when to do it and how to do it. It is what it is. As I stated before, I might make this a, a series because now we take that initial part and we get into the teenage years where things start to change you know those faiths and things that you learn at the age of 9 10 11 and 12 are now really getting tested against the world because now all these things you've read are being called into question by friends and people and it gets real interesting so let's end part one and we're gonna at some point segue into part two be right back